cannot overstate how much I've enjoyed this chat. It was inspiring, encouraging and very entertaining. And to top it off, Shane finishes the episode with a story that embodies all of the highs and lows involved with taking a risk and backing yourself. Enjoy. Anyone who's, who understands that they've got imposter syndrome has already made a step forward because they've noticed it. I screamed and I couldn't believe it and I was, and I was like, a, like a crazed bloody killer. Something goes wrong, you'll learn something from it. I've had some great mistakes. The more complete you can be, the less you carry, the lighter you are, the further you can go, the faster you can go, the higher you can climb. Just keep dropping weight. That comes because one day I decided I need to do something different. I'm not going to be running a mill. Some previous guests I've had on the podcast have said this podcast has really helped them to reflect on their journey or their career because they don't have time usually to think about it, but forced to ask these questions makes them think about things that are really useful and important to know themselves. Yeah. Well, for me, meeting people like yourself who are you know, on a journey and hungry you know, for the wisdom, for the help, for the any nugget you give just to make sense of what the hell's going on. And for the person imparting the advice, that makes them reflect anyway as well. Like they're not mm-hmm. just giving advice. They actually, like I always walk away from the conversation with you and I'm in that place and I start to go, wow. Really has. <laughs> oh, incredible life this is, and you have gratitude, you know. Sometimes we chat and it just free flows in it. I don't even fully understand what we spoke about till after and I start to reflect and all these little things start to sink in and I get a better understanding of where I am and what we've spoken about. I wish everyone could have that. Yeah. Could have that. Not just the chance to, but you've also got to have the capacity yeah. to listen and then take it and go, what just happened there? What? And then... Go, wow, that's Jesus. That's, that's how I think, and yeah. I could move forward. And then you get to a place, and then look what you're doing now. You're actually collecting all this wisdom and these fascinating conversations, and then gifting it out. So, like, you're becoming the sage, yeah. and I think that's I think it's amazing. I think it's, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not so much about me. I just want to share my well, you know what I'm saying. It's yeah, not, no, I don't mean it's about you, but it's fascinating. Yeah. You're finding a way of like you're creating an artwork. Using our material. Yeah. This is, that's wonderful. It's regenerating oh, yeah. it. It's just another platform. Another, yeah, absolutely. Um, another medium, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the wonderful thing about art is when you come to realisation, which is a recent one for me, um, which I find fascinating. Somebody was talking to me about certain works and they said, oh, that piece you've done and then that and the spectacular and all this. And actually I said, you know what? Actually, it doesn't matter what I produce because really nobody cares, but it matters that I do produce. Yeah. And when I realised that, which is very recent. It took the pressure off me to actually worry about where the next idea is coming from. I don't yeah. have to worry about that because I've got lots of ideas, but knowing that it's just the doing. And then if I decided that my new artwork is for me, is to take my clothes off and do a jig in the middle of the studio and go, yeah. <laughs> nobody saw it, but that was my latest artwork. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a bizarre. I can see that too. It was like, no more there. But, uh, but that, if that's what I decided to do, that's what it is. That is important for me or significant as the 10 ton split happens. Well, the pressures you put on, they're like the enemy of flow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can find a way, which it seems like you have to. Setting yourself up to fail by having these expectations all the time. And it's, but it can only come with experiences to learn to relax. And that, it'll be fine. This is great. Just, you're not going to get everything right, but you'll never stop learning. Something goes wrong, you'll learn something from it. I've had some great mistakes <laughs> that have turned into fantastic stories, absolutely brilliant stories of, you know, sculptures that broke and then I sold them broken 
Yeah, yeah. And and you know they ended up on different sides of the Atlantic, and it's just like wow, that could never happen if I didn't make a mistake. Mm. Just went too hard, just one tap, spit something, and you know, and then look at it in different eyes three weeks later and go, actually, yeah. Well, if you're not making mistakes, it means you're not trying new things. You're not trying hard enough. You're not pushing. So yeah, it's incredible. The idea of this podcast, as you know, it's inspirational. So the hope is that the young people or any people find some inspiration somewhere or just a little bit of encouragement or something to help them on their journey the reason i'm really happy to have you as a guest because you've been a big inspiration to me thank you and we've only met maybe four times each time you've left me with a little bit of a nugget of knowledge or wisdom we've all have you noticed they've all been accidental as well yeah yeah um which is great it's organic i guess and you've walked away and i've, I've said chewing on those p- bits of information and it's helped me along my journey I feel like we're on similar paths, except you've done it before me. So you can see things that I haven't encountered yet. And these little bits of knowledge help guide me, I guess. Um, Some things you've mentioned to me in the early days was backing yourself and going for it. Being selfish, being selfish for the right reasons. And these are all new concepts to me at the time. Um, Imposter syndrome. And they're probably all things I was struggling with uh, on the moments when we met and finding purpose. Can you discuss some of those things? Or I'll start by actually one of the things that jumped out at me is the imposter syndrome. My wife is a, a leadership coach, so she worked with um, senior leaders. They might have been leading for 30 years plus, whatever. And they, so they've been at the top for a long time. And she says during her work with them, she can quickly expose them where they're, what they're hiding and what they do to hide that, to move on. And she could tell that, that she said, I'd say the 80% of the leaders she teaches suffer with imposter syndrome, even the ones at the very top, mm. heads of police, heads of the army, they're all imposters. Don't think they're really good enough to do it. And they create ways of getting around it. generally means that they become bad leaders in the sense that they, to cover up their weakness, they get a little bit more angry here or a little bit more blue like that. And they're not really, don't listen well enough or you know, they produce everything, but they're not liked yeah, because they're trying to hide something. They're not being natural. They're not being, you know, authentic. Yeah, and so um, that imposter one is is a huge one. It's so common. So anyone who's who understands that they've got imposter syndrome has already made a step forward because they've noticed it. You know, because it's made you can hide it from yourself. You can hide it from you. Just cover it up with crap. You know, so that's something I felt very strongly. Because how did that feel for you? I mean, I don't want to interview her, but in that moment of you said that you felt very strongly. What was your reaction to it? Okay, I would say before and after speaking with you because what you shared with me about your wife was a kind of a revelation. It opened my mind. Um, so before that, it would give me a lot of self-doubt, questioning whether I'm, well, an imposter. I don't deserve this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't deserve this. Or, yeah, who am I to say this is worth this amount? Or who am I to decide this value in what I'm putting out? Questions like that. Can I do it? Am I able? Why me? Things like that. And yet, realize, and then you told me that kind of what you've just said. And I guess it gives comfort to know everyone suffers with it. But it just unlocked something after that conversation. It wasn't that just that. You also said everyone's an imposter because that's how you climb. If you're at this level and you're competent at what you're doing, if you want to step up to the next level, you, by default, you are an imposter. This is what you told me, Shane. Mm. And once I understood that, it gave me a lot of comfort. It's like, okay, I am an imposter. I'm trying new things. And great, there's nothing wrong with that. 
Yeah. That's probably a better word you can use than imposter. Yeah. Imposter sound is a real negative connotation. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And so you could probably say, I'm just new here. Yeah. 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 I'm new here. Give me a chance. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'll come a newbie. So don't mind me. I'll, I'll catch up. Because <laughs> yeah. imposter sounds like you should, you know, that sounds, it sounds really like bad. you shouldn't be there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But that's how, that's, it is how it feels. Yeah. You know, because you don't fit in, even though you're trying to, or people might pretend that you do. Yeah. But they also know, you know, because you're somehow, you're not the full bifters. You're just not there. <laughs> you know, you're, you're just, you're, and what you lack, you see, you too much of this to make up for that. So you're doing 100%, but it's like 80% of this, it should have been 40 40 or whatever. Yeah. Because you don't have that yet, you don't have the experience and all that. So, mate, it's tough for everyone. Yeah, yeah, but it makes for bad leaders. So the quicker you recognise that, the quicker you can sort of forgive yourself. Yeah, realise it's actually normal and common, and just go okay. Well, but how do I move forward? Okay, I'm on this level now, but I need to now step up, and become less of that, and less and less. Yeah. But then you'll find another level and become an imposter again. So if I went to see a formal gallery, best gallery in New Zealand, and I was going there with the purpose of trying to get them to represent me, they could probably make me feel a little bit like an imposter. Because what they'd say is straight away, they just come in with a knife, stick it in my back and go, you did an art degree, right? <laughs> no. Nope. Imposter. Yeah. Oh, I see. So you're just trying to come in without going through the proper channels. We don't work with people like that. You're an artisan, really. Mm. Oh, you know, like, I'm not going to give them a chance, of course, just in case that's what happens. So, if I got approached because of my success, that's different. Now they're asking me. Mm. I can go, well, yeah, what can we work out here, you know? But I'd never approach them because of that because I'd be scared to be think that I was an imposter. But put me right back there. Yeah, yeah, but you have to. And I'd have to, I'd have to. Th- so what, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to do everything as an artist. I'm actually trying to come up with the ideas, find ways and new ways of producing the work Keep moving forward, sell my own work, produce everything, do my own marketing, produce my own website, everything, become a one-stop shop so there's no reliance on anyone else. Because as soon as I rely on someone else, I could be let down. Mm. That's what my life, I was, I was always getting betrayed when I was younger. Mm. So people always betrayed me. So even friends, whatever, girlfriends always betrayed me. So I just thought that was what everyone did. Yeah, everybody betrayed you. So it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. So why would you trust anyone? So I wouldn't trust anyone. So I wouldn't. So I'd betray people. You Do you know? think that may have maybe hampers your progress? Absolutely. Yeah. Because those things you've actually got to fix to move forward. Yeah. Those things you have to, like you recognizing the imposter, you have to recognize all of those faults, bring them to the front, kick them around, let them kick you back, shake hands, move on. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got to scrap it out. You have to. Otherwise, you're never going to be, you know, you just can't. The more complete you can be, the less you carry, the lighter you are, the further you can go, the faster you can go, the higher you can climb. Just keep dropping weight. Yeah, right. Keep dropping weight. You know, it's a fascinating theory. Like, I'm I'm telling you that. I don't think I've ever said that before. And I'm telling myself. Yeah. And immediately I'm thinking to myself, what can I drop? (laughs) Yeah. I need to drop. There's other stuff I need to drop. Because you're on a continuous journey of self-improvement i am i don't know how far i've got if i've moved whatever yeah. but i'm trying yeah i'm trying to move forward and stagnation i think is a bad thing because that you know a stagnant pond becomes poisonous you know yeah. and so you're not good to anyone else either you know 
I mean, the biggest thing I think is people would say, well, why do you do what you do? What's the point? What's the point you doing what you do? It comes back to ego. And I think I said it in my book, I'm leaving clues to my existence. And I like that. But it is ego-based. I just, I'm an artist. I produce work so I exist. Mm. And when I'm dead, my work will still be here. So I existed. Eventually, everyone who knows me or would know me had gone. And hopefully some of my work will be around. And, you know, I think you mentioned it in one of your questions. If archaeological digging, <laughs> thousand years time, come up with some of your... So they go, wow, what is this? And they come up with some theory for it. But actually, yeah. just just a guy doing shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really funny. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. I thought I really liked that. Yeah, because I worked on archaeological dig when I was just leaving school. No way. 16 or 17. And they found lots of cool stuff. They found... Um, I found a flint scraper, tiny little thing. It just fits between your two fingers and your thumb. And it was scraped for scraping the hide off animals. And just next to me, they found um, some 12th century coins. Found an old Viking with a shield. No um, way. Loads of stuff like that. And it just started with a flat piece of ground and you just started peeling and you see the different colours and each colour of soil represents a different time period. And yeah. They're all just guessing and using clues. But I feel all these things that when they're trying to figure out the past, they always come at it from a practical point of view. So when I saw your pieces, they'd see that and think, this obviously means something. It's something got to do with the sun and how the sun moves and yeah. all these things, but it's not. It's just come from somewhere completely different. And it could just be you just having a little bit of fun. Well, also trying to fit into an economic model. Yeah. You know, True, which, yeah. Which yeah. is which it's is really your constraints. Sad. Yeah. Which is really sad. Yeah. But that's what we that's what you're born into. Born into an economic model. And you have to learn to live within that. Um, good luck trying to break free of it. It's practically impossible. Yeah. You can find places where it feels like you're not part of that. And that's what I think I've done. You know, I, I have no guaranteed income ever. I have no idea if I'll sell anything this mm. year. I expect to. And I seem to keep selling work. What I've done is I keep exposing myself, doing these things. Getting you're going to get in trouble for that someday, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> I got arrested last week, but that's another, that's another story. <laughs> and then try to understand and then move forward. Go on some of that, that and that. You, you may be laughing, I've lost the track. But <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. It'll, it'll come back. It felt like important at the time, but it'll come back. Um, I was doing a bit of research on you last night and just started looking through a lot of your works and your book. I was fascinated by the book. It was really interesting. Oh, really you know why, do you know why it's interesting is because the, the lady that was in your position right now put it all together. I met her. Someone told me that she was a writer, American archaeologist, writer, amazing person. Met her completely, you know, but I had no idea who she was. We met in our town and seemed to click we have become best of friends we meet every she lives in Glenorchy trying to meet every three or four weeks and meet up in a cafe um, the minimum we can do is the minimum we can do is two two and a half hours <laughs> we need, normally meet at one o'clock in a cafe in, in town Ogle Cafe and we leave they start cleaning our ends <laughs> and basically tell each other what's happening in that time sometimes it's longer than that sometimes it might be a couple of months we tell each other what's going on in that time, what we've done. And we both celebrate each other's successes. And then we work on uh, us as people. And just she has supported me so much. And and um, hopefully I've supported her as much. And she's had a tough time. She's a widow. She lost her husband 10 years ago. And so I've, what I've done is I've felt like I've been this rock for her and helped her through all these years of grief. And, you know, get right in there and let her break down and, and then build it back up. So she's and it and she's able to her control 
of the English language. Unbelievable. She has got the most incredible vocabulary and mm. the way she can just articulate anything. It's beautiful. She talks about my work better than I could ever talk about my work. And I hear it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> God, that's such a gift. Yeah, such a gift. And I've got that because of that book. It wasn't about the book. It was about meeting her mm. and being able to give and receive. It's a perfectly balanced relationship. I can tell her that I love her. I say to her, I love you as, as an absolute beautiful friend, you know. And that's incredible to be able to do that. Yeah, it's a great, that's honest relationship. Wow. Yeah. It's like, really? Wow, it's just, I've, I've never had that. Wow. Yeah, I've never had that. Yeah. You can probably tell that when looking at the book because she knows you quite intimately as well. She sat with me while sort of doing the book. The last half of the book is all about me building Prevail, the, the petrified forest. She basically would just come and sit on a chair and I'd be building it. It took me months and months to build that. And she'd just sit there and ask me questions and I'd just carry on working and I'd be, yeah. And, and I'd, she'd ask me questions that would just stop me in my tracks. And I'd have to sit next to her and, and go, wow, and figure out what the answer was. She would just write everything down or record it and then go back on a little cassette and record it and then transcribe it mm. and then put her own feelings in there, which just, I don't think, I don't know if, how many people have read that book. I've had a few clients who've actually read it because it's a lot to sit down with. People just want to flip through pictures. Yeah. You know, the pictures can speak too, which is good. You get an idea, but when you read, you get a real idea. She was right in there with me, you know. Gives the person a real idea of who you are. Yeah. And your artwork does as well. Yeah. That's what I found out. I knew you as a person before I knew your art. I was never, it was just recently I started looking at your artwork, especially doing research for this. And I started to see bits of your personality in your pieces. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. I haven't had that said before. So that's, uh... oh, I, I, Thank yeah, you. I would have thought that was something you were very aware of and purposely trying to achieve. Not purposefully, but probably as a spin off from the, Masonry side of trying to a signature style because that could that signature swap from different forms or ways of producing work like like now I work, work a lot in bronze. Would you spot my style in the bronze? But I only make bronzes now. I only make bronzes from the original pieces, always stone, and then I do a silicon mold, produce a wax, and then get it done in bronze, and then try to then try to put patina on and or carve and polish the bronze sort of stone sensibilities back into it mm. I'm not trying to make it look like stone but I want to have a feel of stone but it's completely different obviously not so it still holds some of that original artwork so maybe it's a very disguised signature mm. in the bronze because it's almost it's almost once removed which is fascinating evolution yeah yeah and I love working with bronze I mean you can throw a bronze across the room on a concrete floor and um, I feel sorry for the concrete <laughs> you know because any damage you do is quickly fixed or whatever yeah. hardly anything that's yeah. why finding bronzes the early bronzes from 5,000 years ago the Chinese how they managed how they figured out melt copper and tin and manganese how could you do that how could you just you don't stumble across that it's got to be melted at 1200 degrees who did that how did they that, that to me is mind blowing yeah. and like you said about archaeologists they'll go Oh, it's because of this and because of that, but they don't really know. Yeah, it's always guessing because they weren't there. But that's brilliant. But they're still whenever they find those pieces, they're buried. So bronzes, I do. They're going to be around for a long time. I recently just sold them. I just installed it in Dalefield, and two bronzes actually. The last, in fact, the last 
four of the last five pieces I sold were bronze. That is very exciting for me because that yeah. says that I'm actually I'm managing to do it. I managed to cross into a different medium. Yeah, and make it work, mm. which just gives me more fuel to go bigger. Got what else can I do? Yeah. How do I do that? And I've realized how I can do that. I'm about to meet someone who can help me do that. Um, this guy that's got a 3D printing factory. So I'm basically going to go along with a model, a maquette, a stone maquette. Mm. I've got these few pieces in there, and they're both based on, well, one of them is based on a 5,000-year-old stone, which is on the Orkney Isles, which has got an incredible array of standing stones. And there was a civilization there 5,000 years ago. Where is that? The Orkneys yeah. of Scotland, they're digging there all the time. But they found these sort of subterranean homes and, and this sort of town almost there. Oh, really? So they built underground in stone. So dug into the thing and then stonework around and did stone over the top and earth over the top so they could... I mean, the wind and the rain and the crap. What you picked there, I don't know. But um, it's incredible. They've got all these standing stones and these circles and this hundreds of them that brave. Standing stones everywhere. And there used to be this stone called Stone of Odin. And it was about 13, 14 foot tall. It doesn't exist now, but back in about 1870, there was a lady on the island who she used to sort of do renderings in pencil. And she drew several several pictures of it. Mm. Now, this piece was on a 5,000 years old, I reckon, and sort of pagan ritualistic sort of stone, big stone, and had a hole at the <laughs> bottom of it. And they reckon... Basically, you had a baby as soon as the baby was born. The baby out of the mother would pass it from the mother would pass it through to the father, and it passed through this thing that was ward off evil spirits and give it a good life. And and they had other rituals too for the whole. And I just thought it was amazing. It was on a farmer's land. This farmer was renting that land and it had the stone on it. Got pissed off with people he used to come and visit it. He walk across his land. He hated. So we got think he smashed it. Sure. Yeah. He destroyed it, and they and the villagers tried to burn his place down, to burn him out twice. Through they were so hurt by it, but luckily they had these photographs, these drawings, and I saw it's quite an ugly stone. So I, I did my version of it, and um, it kind of goes up, starts like this, and goes up sort of to a point, and uh, not points, rounds off, all completely natural. Um, the stone, if it was full size, would be three meters high, but it'd be about that thick, mm. and off to one side. Stone comes up and just goes over like this, and there's a hole here. And so, if you were me and you were either side of it, the hole would be if we stood up, the hole would be about here, hand height. But I could just see you over the stone. <laughs> and the idea is you put your hand through it, and you put your hand the other side, and we join hands through it and call it the promise stone. So, you make a promise, an oath, mm. but it's bound in stone. So, and then you say these words. So, I, I kind of wrote a four line verse that just gives it a sense of age. It's, um, a promise made is bound in time when hands and words through stone entwine. And then you say the promise. So it's like this trying to recreate the stone of Odin, but give it a modern twist. So I think this should be outside public buildings where people who take public office should give an oath. For, yeah. They've done a public oath through stone. It makes yeah. it powerful, yeah. you know. And so when I heard the other day about this guy who's got this 3D printing thing, well, I'll take my model across now. How do we... I know we can recreate that, but that's fine. That I want to recreate that at three meters. Build it out of the whatever the material they use. That's going to be fascinating anyway. Then I just silicon mold that. It's an exact copy of my stone. Mm. All the little details. It's all rough on the outside, and yeah. the only bit that's polished is 
there's the hole the outside of the hole and it just drifts back into natural oh, yeah. so that when you touch it it has like because when you touch polished stone it, you kind of feel like the soul of the stone mm. and it helps you it's like becomes a touchstone as well yeah. you don't have to shake hands if you're just on your own you can just touch a stone or maybe even stand to the side and put your own hand through it you know <laughs> and say the words whatever yeah. so I'm hoping that he can create that because I can't find the stone to do it then I'd have to mould it and it makes it just all so messy maybe that's where I can start to do bigger bronzes then yeah. then I'm up for all these public work yeah but that's I love that concept it's a brilliant concept so yeah. simple it's not even mine it's not even mine I've just found a story that I really like and just put a little modern twist on. Um, but it's the same thing it's just about sure it's about doing the right thing hoping for the right thing and, and, and making a better life have a better life and you know it's so interactive yeah exactly so simple yeah so simple um, but in bronze that will be around for thousands of years. Even if it got not going buried, it'd still be there. They're not going to melt it. Mm. So yeah, it's just that's that's where the power of power of bronze. So um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's interesting for you. You're kind of stepping into another world that's a little bit unknown, and so far it's working out. Yeah. Well, last week, or this month, I should say, it was last week. I both had two. I had an email and a meeting, and a meeting with these guys in Invercargill. They're the ones that told me about. 3D printer and we're, I don't know, we're pretty close. They want a big four meter high work in Don Street in Invercargill. So do, have they a 3D printer that's capable of doing one piece in they four meters? But they've done some work with a guy they know that has a in Dana. I'm not going to use him for this project. This yeah. will be a four meter high drop of water that I'm going to build out of everything I can find, historical old brick, stone, steel, whatever, in Invercargill. And build it out of their history. It's called Just Add Life, you know, and this drop of water because they're surrounded by water. Mm. It's always raining there. Mm. And so, right in, the, right in the main street, these guys, big money guys down there, uh, the Richardson family, they kind of own this transport. They've been the sort of like a transport hub of New Zealand, Richardson's, yeah. you know, right back. And this lady now is the sort of heiress of it. They're trying to recreate, put life back into the city centre. Mm. So, this work, Just Add Life, is perfect. And they do it all with the historical pieces of. Yeah, of Invercargill. So fascinating, and they're and they're really really keen. Mm. Wow! And they came to me because they'd heard, and then they looked up the work, and she said, "Look, your work's beautiful, and we we think it'd be a real asset yeah. for the town." I said, "Well, I agree. I think it would be." And then they told me about the three D printer guy, and so they've already gifted me something, whether that goes ahead or not. Next day, I'll get an I'll get an email from a guy that met me three years ago in the studio, an American guy. He's um. Frank Zuckerberg's, or he was Frank Zuckerberg's lawyer. Uh, Frank, no, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's lawyer, and he was also head of communications at Facebook. His yeah. name is um, Elliot Schrage. He visited me for half an hour in my studio three years ago. I'd love to do something with him in the future. And I went, "Yeah, hey, great. See you later." Anyway, just emailed me last week, two weeks ago, and he says he's bought this huge ranch just outside of San Francisco in Marin County. And it's covered in stone. He said, we've never stopped thinking about you and amazing conversation we have with you. We talk to artists all the time. And we're looking at artists to come on maybe on. And we think we'd like to build a studio if you want to hear. And kids today, would you come over? What, when could you come over? And <laughs> I'm wow. I'm going, whoa, put the brakes on. Stop right there. Let's, why don't you fly me out? I'll come do a visit, recon, and I can just look around, shake hands with the landscape, and we'll see what's possible. And, and if we still get on and you like my ideas... And so we can do it like a collaboration and you're up for whatever I come up with, then um, we'll just think of a plan because he's, he's what he's trying to do there is he's going to knock down the homestead, build a huge home. And then it's, it's so big that 
he's going to have, I think he's got four kids and he wants all the kids, they've all grown up, they're all in their 20s, 30s or whatever. And he's going to build homes for them on there. But you'd have to drive to them. Mm-hmm. The homes would be half an hour away. Yeah, it's huge property. And so what he wants it to become this huge legacy project that they hand down to their kids, the grandkids and whatever, all live. And this is going to be, and then they're going to bring their, get that, all the land back to what it should have been, producing organic produce, and then gift all the produce to the towns. Yeah, I mean, it's epic sort of thing he's got going this, by this project. And the fact that he wants me involved in that is brilliant. Very exciting. That comes because one day I decided I need to do something different. I'm not going to be run of the mill. I, I, I want to be my own man. I want to wake up in the morning and know that I'm, I'm on the right track. And because I decided to do that all those years ago, 18 years, whatever it was, um, this has happened. So this is confirmation that... Absolutely. And is this just the start of something more where... I start to go, here's the idea, and I employ the guys to do it. Just like the guy that I saw 18 years ago, that's what he was doing, the yeah. artist. And he's become world famous, and he does these $2 million installations around the world. It isn't the money, but it's the opportunity and the excitement. Yeah. You know, yeah. I said to my sister, who lives just outside San Francisco, 10 years ago, I said, I'll become a full-time artist. I said, you know what? One day, I'll, I'll get a commission in the States. I said, in fact, it won't just be in the States. I'll get a commission in San Francisco <laughs> and, you, and you will come and help me build it. She said, wouldn't that be amazing? So I rang out last week <laughs> and that, he's going to pay for my flights to go out and accommodation and everything. Yeah. And I said, hey, I'm coming out. I said, it's, it's happening. <laughs> she burst into tears. Yeah. She burst into, She lost her husband six months ago, so she can't wait to see me. Wow. That is self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. That's powerful stuff. There's some powerful forces in the universe that we don't really understand. But yeah, but when you don't have to understand them, but you can still utilize them. I think it's just trying to be, you mentioned before, authenticity, trying to be, find out who the real you is, or who the best version of you is. Because the best version of you will encourage someone else to be the best version of them. Yeah. And yeah. that's your gift. Not really what you do. Is the fact that you're gifting someone else the opportunity somehow. What you're doing now is trying to do exactly that. Yeah. You're trying to get people, wake people up. You can be, you can be different and have an incredible life and, and amazing. All you've got to do is choose it. Yeah. It's that simple, but... <laughs> so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But you find help. Exactly, yeah. And this is what you're doing. Yeah, hopefully. Giving people help. The next stage is they need to find someone else Take them just another rung or two. Can't be pushed too far too quick. Yeah. Sometimes you can talk to someone and they talk, oh, they're up here. It's, it's too hard. Yeah. I, oh. And have you got all these other influences around you that are trying to pull you back down? Rent, mortgage, this, car, thing, blah, family, blah, travel, game, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Life, where am I going to live? This and all that. And you're trying to do this as well. Yeah, leave it out. It's hard. You know. But something, yeah, something, just something driving you, me. Anyone to, to, to discover those things, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. In spite of all the things dragging you down. I know the energy, when it comes, I can feel it now, talking about it. It's so empowering. Mm. It's like, it's a physical, I have a physical sense right now of this energy. It's just buzzing. I'm buzzing. Uh, how fucking cool is that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, how cool is that? I just like, I've worked for it. You know, I like saying I deserve it, but... I've earned it. Yeah. There's a better way of putting it. Yeah. I have worked hard for it and I'll grab that. I'll yeah. take that. Yeah, you deserve it. Yeah. yeah. So my next stage is make sure I'm always listening for an opportunity to impart that. 
can yeah. I help? You know, someone came in the other day and wanted to be a, a someone to be a stonemason from working in Chicago. He said, "Can I bring him in just to have in your studio? And just, can you give him some advice?" I said, "Oh, absolutely, bring him in." Yeah, yeah and I blew Good his mind. You. Good on you. Blew his mind, and he and he and he's really excited to go in. Yeah, and I told him what to look out for to make sure you don't become a, a labourer, just a cheap labourer. Yeah. I said, at one point, you need to know everything. You have to do some labouring. You have to do all that. To the point where you think, okay, I've got this, but but they won't, and they, but they keep you there. So at that point, you respectfully ask that you need other skills. You need to learn. I'm here to yeah. learn. I need. I said, if you do that, they will give it. If you don't ask, I'll just keep you there and keep yeah. you cheap labour. So that's so important for you. You've got to take yeah. it. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So brilliant. Go out there and conquer the world, you know? Yeah. Mm. It's just great that you want to share these things with people and see them succeed as well. Well, that's what you're doing as well. So, yeah. You know, you find that you find another way and this helps other people, helps you. And what this you helps me too because it makes, makes me feel, my work feel more valid. Yeah, true. Because you're, you're giving my work validity, so. Yeah. That was going to be one of my questions, Shane, was what do you get from coming here to do this podcast with me? What rewards do you get? Well, I'm giving agency to everyone else, the power to, to see that it's actually possible. Because I can turn around and say, it might be cliched, geez, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, there's nothing special about me whatsoever. Yeah. I've just makes... decided to, all my effort into just trying to improve my chances of becoming free of constraints. <laughs> anyone can do it. It is possible. And I don't, I don't think I've got there. If you were to ask me, I'd say, oh, I don't know if there's a ladder. and There is an end to the ladder. The end to the ladder has to be death. Yeah. I'm never going to stop. Um, I might be halfway. I might be halfway. Wow, that's exciting. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. But you, you want know. to stay climbing. You're not just going to stop halfway. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm match fit now, so, you know, I can I can do that. I don't, I don't have to run. Yeah. Running, you miss things. So when you walk, when you walk, you can see everything, you know. You yeah. drive, you run, you miss stuff. Um. Because you you know you're busy doing other other things, so just ambling along at a nice pace, but keep moving. Somehow, just keep moving, keep fresh. Stop that staleness creeping in, and yeah. And then every now and again, you always know the right thing to do because that voice in your head, bloody voice, that says you should probably do this right now, and you go, oh. you could take notice of it or ignore it, but that voice is your intuition, and it's never wrong. That's not the annoying voice, and that's not the one also that tells you you're crap or um, <laughs> you're wasting your time. You ain't this end. You, you're not good enough for this. Yeah. Not that voice. That's not your intuition. That's your old man or a mate or um, experiences you've had. Yeah, that's just echo. They're just echoes. Your intuition is right every time. Yeah, every single time. I guess the challenge is knowing which is your intuition and which is. Uh... Usually, it'll start with you know. Best thing you can do right now is it's your intuition speak. Yeah. Right now, it's probably a good idea if you stretched or you went out for a walk or you drunk some water or that. Yeah. And because you, you, you hear it. And you know it's and you, good. And you go, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll do that in a minute. No, I'll do it now. That, and it's having to, and, I, like, and I, I ignore some of those things. So I'm guilty of that. Um, but in a bigger version, I'm not. The smaller things, um, I'm probably a bit too head down, ass up sometimes, you know, <laughs> just working. Yeah. Well, I don't work hard, but always thinking, always thinking. Yeah. The beauty of getting to where, to creating something of your own, is that 
when you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, you don't wake up full of worry. I wake up with ideas and I start creating. And it's fascinating. I love it. What a great place to be. Oh, you know, I don't yeah. write anything down. I, use, I don't write stuff down, but um, for a good idea, I always stick around. So. It's important enough. You won't forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Or it'll come back anyway. So, yeah. Time served. So your time served as a bricklayer and a stonemason. I know there's a lot of practical reasons it's helped you in your artwork, but psychologically, how has it prepared you for? Uh, it's prepared me because you understand that nothing comes easy. Everything's everything's hard work. I use that term again, match fit. Um, I think the most preparation comes is I've basically worked for myself ever since the age of, say, about 24. So I never liked the idea of working for someone else. So I've always employed people. I've always ran a basic business. It's not a complicated business it's always a basic business and having to do that having to pay people organize stuff be ahead of time all of that gives you a good work ethic is good work ethic and just a simple clean business plan um, which is not really my style but I know how to do it has, has helped me go in there already armed with that mm. um, I didn't need help uh, like it, my life became simpler because it was only me I didn't have to pay employees, find employees, look after them, babysit them, all yeah. that crap. I didn't do any of that. And I, I, do, I got bored of that. Yeah. Um, but I was definitely capable. Of, and I also realized that accounting was a weak point of mine. So I just employed a really good accountant. And yeah. I just said to them, uh, I'm going to employ you because you've got a good name. And I heard you're really tough. I called her a Nazi. <laughs> um, won't let me get away with anything. She's just brilliant. I said, all I'm asking for you is I'll pay you on time every month, whatever. No alarms. No surprises. Shit deal. Mm. So every two months, I pay all of my tax, all of my GST up to date. Every two months, and I'm, I never have any. I never have to think about it ever again. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So keep it clean. Mm. That's done. I don't have to worry about that. So that frees me up to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and think about the right things. Not oh shit, where do I find that tax bill? I've got the money, so just give it straight away. Yeah. Pay it straight away. Not wait for the end of the year like my last can and say, geez, you're 42,000, you've got to, you got, you got a minute to pay up something. <laughs> yeah. And he was like a mate. And things like that would just knock you off course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and throw you up, wake you up at three o'clock in the morning for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just becoming, you're getting on your side. So my, my practical knowledge and my simple business knowledge, I wasn't scared of hard work, you know, so I had all that. So that became, and it became simpler business and not as hard anyway. Mm. So I was overprepared in that yeah. sense. Yeah. I just had to try and understand this new business of, of actually finding clients. Yeah. But, but it's good that in yeah. one sense you knew all those business side of things was under control because it was less of a task than you had done previously. So you didn't really have to worry about that and you could put maybe all your focus into the other more unknown aspects. Yeah. The designing and the coming up with the ideas and yeah yeah because that's maybe something I struggle with creativity and design are almost the complete opposite polar opposite of organisation and structure that you yeah. need to run a viable business yeah so they're always competing with each other and it's nice if you can just have, put one thing aside and have it taken care of well the only way that you can be creative which requires thought you've got to have a clean head mm. you've got to have a clean space which means you can't be thinking about everything else so they have to be. Bills, they have to be in order, yeah. so that you're free. You can't create good design under pressure. That's um, you're being forced, mm. 
And there's you've got a time limit. Oh, you can't have a time limit on creativity. And you might make the right, wrong decisions for the wrong reasons, like a tiny decision because of a time constraint or a money constraint or pressure. Yeah. Well, you'll know because if you produce something uh, artistically and you look at it, it doesn't bring you alive. It doesn't put a spark in your heart. Yeah. And, and it's missing something. And it, it, was, it was a design fault because you weren't in the right headspace. Yeah. You probably did as good as you could do. And I've done a few of those. And I'm thinking, well, I missed a point here somewhere. Well, actually, maybe if I, I don't know. And then it's like, so I'll just leave it to one side. And later on, that might be an inspiration to do something else. Maybe I had to think of that thing first. And then it would give me this. Step and stone. But definitely not, not everything I do is, is great. But everything I do is interesting. Yeah. For one reason or another. Yeah. But you do have to have clean. That's what I say. Three o'clock in the morning is the cleanest time. It's the cleanest time. It's amazing how things just come to you in your sleep. Yeah. It's in your subconscious. Yeah. Well, there's your intuition and you yeah. just sort of like for you. It goes, oh, here I see it on a plate. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah. I'll just, I'll go off to, you know. Yeah. Don't forget it. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah. So I just, it's, I mean, it didn't sound so beautifully simple, but um, I guess it is, but it's so hard to, it's like, um, like I said, it is a paradox, but it's all possible. You yeah. can see it's possible. And so can I now. And then you wonder how other people did it. Well, you can see how they did it. Break it down into little steps. And actually, this is what's great about your podcast is you're, you're showing the steps, breaking your um, interviewees into, breaking it down into bits. How did you so you just climb that back? Oh, yeah. I see. So, you know. I guess um, to see it as a journey, start to finish and the progression makes it seem more achievable. Absolutely, and it should do too because, it, you know, as you say, it's broken down into segments. So rather than have to deal with a whole weighty, a weighty problem, how do I get to that? Well, it's like looking at a mountain and thinking, how do I get there? And it is that old, I've said, one step at a time. That's yeah. how you get there. But, you know, one step at a time, what are you carrying? Yeah. You drop some of that shit out of your backpack because you're not going <laughs> to, you ain't, ain't going to get all the way up there not carrying all that. But that's also part of the journey. You realize it's getting hard to let you that. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Might be able to do another 10 steps tomorrow. Yeah. You know, mental baggage um, is a problem. Clean mind is, is 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 the only space for creativity. You have to have a clean mind. Yeah. Yeah. When I first came to New Zealand, um, a bus driver asked me if I was a traveller. And I said, yeah, I'm just here touring around. He said, you know the secret to travelling? The less stuff you have, the further you go. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. And that's... Yeah. An analogy for what you were just saying. Well, it's an yeah. analogy for, for life, for that one, isn't it? Not just yeah. traveling, but yeah, metaphor for life. Yeah. 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 That's a, another thing I face or uh, contemplate at times is what you just said. It's like taking advice from people. I've always been a little bit scared to uh, follow people's work too much because I'm afraid of copying their style and just wanting to do it on my own journey. But also, what goes against that is people say you could spend five years banging your head against a brick wall if someone tells you the door is over here why not just ask him and, and and skip banging your head off that wall it's hard to know for me which is the best approach or maybe there's a middle ground or something i don't know have you have you had thoughts like that or yeah i mean you you're scared of I mean, we have talked earlier about um there was no such thing as an original work yeah and Maybe it's exactly the same as me building my first works as a mason. I cheated, yeah, because I was just building them. Mm. 
and everyone builds, you know. Mm. There's 300 star masons in this town um, under instruction. They could have done what I did. Mm. Um, I guess the idea was different, but we all steal something. You all borrow, steal. Everything's stolen and borrowed. And yeah. I guess it's having the, what, why would it hurt if you did something? Because a lot of other people do it. They don't have your guilt. Um, and it's not just guilt. It's it's like it's wanting to be original. It's so it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible. Like I literally copied that first guy um, in one of my work. I did a pyramid, a stone pyramid, mm. and it's just a three meter high thing. And actually, it was because I had all this spare stone, and I was still working as a mason at the time. And all this tons of stone, and um, I just mentioned to the client we could put a pyramid right in the middle of that paddock. She what for? I said, exactly. I said, it would just look so amazingly bizarre and brilliant right in the middle of that paddock. Yeah. And we put it up. And um, I went back a week later and they had a couple of wild goats in there. There was a goat right at the top of it. He's still on the top of it. And it was almost like a sign. And he's like, oh, thanks for that. It's like, this is brilliant. It was just dry stone, so he'd knock the top off anyway. Yeah. I just went back and put it back on, but it'd probably knock it off again. But it was brilliant. How unoriginal is that? Uh, I think there's some bigger versions of that around somewhere, but you know what I mean? But it's still mine. And it actually gave me, I felt like it gave me license to move on and do other things which yeah. were less obvious. Yeah. But start with the obvious. Yeah. Because it's because the obvious, you know exactly what you've got to do, so you know the end result. It's not really art. Yeah. It's artistic. But along the way, you learn stuff. And whilst you're going there, you might go, just get close to what, achieving what you saw and you go, ooh. And actually, you take it a step further. That little step it's is worth true. more than all the rest of it. A little nugget of something. Mm. And that's the bit that goes... It's your input. Yeah. Mm. And that's the bit that pings your heart. And you go, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you get all excited. That's what you want. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. And that's called inspiration. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's inspiration. That's a little spark that just says, wow. And now you go down there, then go down there. Yeah. It's also a light. Yeah. Don't light the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, man. That. That, I hope you find that because that is so exciting. Mm. You get those little, um, God, you know, it's just like, wow. Yeah, I think I have. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, you know the feeling. So make that feeling your drug of choice. Become addicted to that feeling and you can't live without it. Make so you cannot live without it because... Um, you're not living the life if you're living without that you're not living your proper life you're just not you're not being your best you're not giving you're not giving other people a chance to um, be inspired by you as much as you could you, everything you do that makes you better you make everything around you improves and that's the beauty of doing creativity is that yeah. everything around you improves yeah. in, in one way or another not all seen no. unseen seen whatever I don't know how many people I've inspired but I find the idea of that wonderful mm. You know, yeah. I, I just find that wonderful. I, just, I think that's well, how great. Yeah. If someone wants to go out and copy exactly what I did, well, I don't stop them. I mean, good luck to them. Maybe they'll they'll get that spangle. <gasps> yeah. And then they can they don't have to credit me, but they can say they can credit someone. And say, well, I, I saw something that inspired me. So, wow, brilliant. Because that's what happened to me. Would you say that is the importance of art? Something might turn up to know that art. Why do we need art in our well, society? Well, yeah. It's, 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 I said it before. You know, the art is not the point. Art is is a product. It's yeah. produced by the most important thing, which is the journey. And that feeling of connection. Connection with your material, connection with with the earth, connection 
like you feel you have a you're in a good place in the community. It's something's like a it's a place that is you're is, giving something to the community. Absolutely. Even if you're creating political art, there's still beauty in it somehow. The beauty in the, the production, beauty in the form, beauty in but most art has a beauty in it and beauty is always admired and that's a gift. Beauty. Even when people stop and they go, Wow you know. A good piece of art for me is a thief. Because it steals your attention. And the more depth to the work, the longer your, your attention, attention is stolen. You just go, wow, look at that. What's that? And bang your head. But you go over and say, oh, that's cool, isn't it? You walk off. Other pieces go, jeez, and it's got you. And you're not thinking of anything else. You don't even realise. Bang, 100%. And at some point, you kind of drift out. Yeah. And then it kind of descends. And then you become separate. But for a time, it got you. Yeah. It's a good piece of art. Fully engaged. It's a good piece of art. Yeah. Yeah. That is not the end game. That's what public see. But for you, it's not the end game. Your answer is the importance of art to you as the creator. What's the importance of art to the public, to the consumer? Uh, well, it's also connection. So everything's connection. You know, because they get connected to you through the work or they don't. Like most people look at artwork, they have no idea who built it. They never meet the artist. Um, but they connect to him or her through the work um, consciously. He's gifted it and you receive his or her gift. Like I say, it does steal your attention. What it's giving you also is a break. Art can just can relax you, put you in a place of wonder and awe. Well, every any time you're in there, you're not thinking of anything else. You're not worrying about mortgage. You're not worrying about time. Time disappears. When you're taken by something, time disappears. So it's a timeless connection. That's, that's enough. That's enough. It's another form of communication. Well, it is. Communicating ideas in a different way. Yeah, I'm subtly, subliminally, whatever way you want to put it, or plain and simple, obviously. Mm. My split apple, there's nothing sublime in that. Just a, an apple that's split that's falling. Yeah. I just froze that action. So it's kind of cool that what's so cool about it is that someone allowed me to do that. It's like, wow. <laughs> well, that was my first commission, you know. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to zoom in on that and ask you about that. Because, say, for personal reasons, because for me, I'm kind of maybe at the stage of craftsman stepping into artisan or artist territory. And I want to ask, maybe to zoom in on that moment for you, and how did you convince a person to try out your idea? It's a great story, actually. And, uh, Brilliant. Which is great. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I love telling it. So I had worked for this couple years and years before, I'd done some stonework on their place. Big, huge piece of stone. It's an amazing property mm. up on the top of the hill. It's right next to Michael Hill's place. Yeah, It's on top of McIntyre Hill. So got, the view is just 360 degrees. It's, like, it's just jaw-dropping beauty. You know? mm. And you're in this box seat. All the time I was working up there, I'd be looking around going, whoa. I worked up there for months. Every now and again, I'd have a, have a lunch break sit down, whatever, and I'd be talking to the client and then he'd go, um, you happy? So you're happy and everything? And I said, no, no, I, I need to, I want to break out. I want to be a, I want to do something more creative. I want to be, I've got these ideas and everything. He's, he's like, oh yeah. And I wasn't asking him really, but he gave me, he gave me the space to talk about it. And we had him and his wife and we had really good conversations about it and they could see my, I was, it was hurting me. I was in pain. And they were sympathetic to that. Um, but it wasn't maybe 18 months later after that conversation, or three, two or three conversations after that work, 
I went back to see them about possibly something else they were doing. And they said, Shane, we'd like to have a talk to you. They said, look, um, we know you've done a few little things around and blah, blah, blah. And um, someone was talking about your, your work, created these little art pieces and everything else. We'd like to give you an opportunity. We think it's time that you actually pushed the boat out and did something that, you know, did something that you, maybe that you're proud of that would push you and everything. Like, wow. wow. So it showed me the spot. So we were going to build a house here. Um, but the council knocked us back because you could see it from the road. You'd be able to see the, maybe the roof line or something. So they knocked them and they had to move it. And it's kind of a natural little amphitheater. But bigger than the whole of this room. Yeah. Wider. It's kind of a natural bank that goes around and just disappears. So it's just perfect for work. So, so if you can come up with an idea good enough, we'll, we'll go for it. Wow. <laughs> I was actually working with a friend at the time. And we are working on a few ideas. And he's a, he was a graphic designer. And I had another client that I'd done some work for. And he mentioned the same thing. This is here, if you can come up with something. So I'd come up with lots of ideas on my own. They were big and sort of expansive. Didn't really suit that spot so much. So to come up with something that was dynamic in that spot, use the space as well. That to be like a clever use of the space. I knew it had to be simple. And this guy had a 100-year-old, 120-year-old apple tree on his property. And I had the idea of one of these apples falling off, hitting the ground. And then I basically build this apple that's on its side or something. Or, mm. or you know, obviously, first it's upright, but that's so static and boring, just like a lump and there'd be nothing. It lacked movement. Yeah. So put it on the side. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's really interesting. There's still a lump. And it'd be a huge lump. You know, it's going to be like three, three thousand pieces of stone, huge separate pieces in it, and full of concrete and everything. It'd be like a, you know, how else can we do it? And I make up the idea of taking a slice out. If you had an apple, it's fine. I've got an apple separate, but take a slice out of it and then put the slice on the floor. You know, oh, well, that's interesting. It's developing all the time. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. And that actually. Quite like that idea because the piece that was out, obviously perfect size and everything, would be really interesting to make on its own. Mm. And and then you got this lump, but the, you know it's actually quite difficult, really precise stonework, and you had to you know, and these curves when you do anything curved, and you're building it a piece at a time, it's really difficult because it's moving in two directions at the same time. Not only is it curving that way, it's curving that way too, because yeah. basically a sphere. Yeah, you know. But not even a sphere. Not even a sphere, yeah. but in the middle it is. Yeah. In the middle it is. And it kind of goes like that and then and then elongates at the bottom to give you that classic yeah. apple shape. But anyway, I had an idea that it, as it hits, it split. And one part's falling. And then with freezer action there, and I thought, wow, it's a great idea. I'll fucking do that. How could you build that? It's fucking impossible. It can't be done. Yeah. And I thought, so what we did is my mate was so good on the Graphic. He did a he did a graphic of it. And he built it out of these big stones. It looked there was about forty stones in each piece. You can't get a stone like that. And it's just like but it looked great. It looked great. Yeah. And then we showed it to this guy, this other guy, and he went, Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Great. I'll, I'll be in touch. And we're like, anyway, he rings us not long after or emails me, he said, I've been headhunted for a job in China. We're gonna rent the property out, so 
I'm not going to go for it. And I just thought, here we go. This is gonna, this is what it's going to be like. People say, how about this? And you go, oh, that's brilliant. Actually, no. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It. it got me. It was heartbreaking. But when these guys asked me, and I thought of my, my other ideas, and I thought, well, actually, I want to see him. I went and presented a different idea. And they went, oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. And I had my folder, and I, and I had this photocopy, and then I went, I said, what do you think of that? They went, wow. <laughs> Love it. How much? I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I went, chuck the figure out. And they went, and he goes, he goes wow. He goes, he goes um, Claire, Claire, come here. Look at this. She said, wow. He goes, right, great, brilliant. Let's go for it. Sorry? Let's go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, great. I said, wow, that's that's exciting. And I was I'm just, I was, I was detonated inside. Yeah. And I, I had to get out. I had to get out. I said, okay, great. Well, I'll just, I'll go ahead and sort some. I'll be in touch. I'll come back next week and we'll sort out some of the sort of the vagaries of how we're going to do this and what and when. And he said, yeah, great. Thanks very much. Really exciting. I said, yeah, great. I got in the car and he's got this property kind of winds across the property and then winds all the way down to the road. And it was, it was hot. I had the windows down. I drove along and I put the windows up and then as soon as I was out of earshot, screamed. I went, yeah! And I screamed. Honestly, I was just like, I screamed and I couldn't believe it and I was sweating and grinning and I was yeah. like, a, like a crazed bloody killer. And by the time I got to the bottom of the driveway, it sunk into me that I had no idea I was going to build it. Yeah. And I was full of dread. Yeah. And so I, and in one minute, I'd gone from the height of excitement and unbelievable joy to this unbelievable despair. Oh my God, I'm going to look like a fucking idiot. Mm. Is it, if I don't get, I'm going to look like an idiot. This would be all like, I had a shaving lock in it. It's like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. It really was that bad. And I had a three o'clock in the morning epiphany about a month later of how a little piece of engineering, how I could create the form where the form would be taken care of. And all I had to worry about was laying stone in ways where everything, even if it was twisting or falling, if it was lifted back up and put upright, all of that stone would be completely level. And I found a way of doing that. That took all the weight off. And I just woke up at three o'clock in the morning and went, and a gift and so I'd been thinking about it obviously and my intuition went here you go and I, and I thought to myself I woke up in the morning and I was so can't be that simple so I made a basic version of it I thought it doesn't matter what I do here that how I twist it I could lean it right over it doesn't matter up down whatever it's going to work I've just got to somehow do a steel centre that with this and oh that's a problem but I could just do that that's a problem but I could just do that I've sussed it. Now all I've got to do is find the stone, cut the stone, and start and worry about the center poles. And I just had to get something. If I got these certain basic things right, central and perfect, everything else was just, basically, I just had to take my time. I, it was still going to be extremely difficult. But it wasn't impossible now. <laughs> it wasn't impossible. And it took me six months over a year. I, did over, I built it in over a year, but condensed it's probably five or six months and that was back in 2007 yeah. finished it just at the start of 2008 I think and 
that really kickstarted your journey. Well, I was, I was starving, and it was a complete success. Well, yeah. what a story! It's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Everything in that story encapsulates how it is, how it can be. All in that little story. Yeah, where it can be lifted up, ripped apart. Yeah. And I already the other guy said, "Yeah," and I went, "Actually, I'm leaving." So nah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. From the down. Yeah, so but you've got to just hang on, man, because yeah. eventually it'll stop. Yeah, or a bit of pace where you can handle it. Yeah, but you've just got to keep hanging on, like bare knuckle shit. So I could have given up, up at that point. Just you know what, yeah. hey, listen, I've thought about. It. I actually can't. This is going to blow up. I can't do it. Yeah, I know I've been. A, I know I've seen myself as a failure for the rest of my life. Yeah. I never would have been able to live with myself. I never would have talked about it again. It would be with me in everything I did. I never would have forgiven myself. Really, I look back, what could I have failed? I would have learned something else. It would have been all right. But it, was, it ended up brilliant. Yeah. I take people there now. They allow me every now and again to take people up there, a client, whatever. And, you know, people just go, whoa. And where it is as well, it's just fucking stunning. Yeah. You're on the rooftop of the world and there's this piece of fucking artwork. You just put your hand on it and go around it and, that's just <laughs> incredible. incredible. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, amazing. What? Well, just one more quick question to just to round off. To I don't podcast. do quick questions. <laughs> In one sentence. Ooh, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> For um, a young person listening to this podcast with aspirations in whatever it may be, in one sentence, what advice would you give to them? What can you lose? Yes. What have you got to lose? Who cares? Nobody really cares what you do. So what have you got to lose? Brilliant. Mm. Awesome. That'll do.